Uh, Let's pray as we begin and look at God's word. Father God, we thank you and rejoice that you speak to us so clearly. We thank you that you've given us your word in the Bible. We thank you that you've given us Jesus. We pray that this morning we would respond to Jesus and we would listen to what you say. Amen. Well, some, uh, some rules are more important than others, aren't they? Some rules, some instructions, you just have to pay attention to. The really important ones, well, that's when you listen up and you pay attention. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but a set of rules that I should pay more attention to are airline safety instructions. Now, we've just been overseas, and I can tell you that no matter what language they're in, airline safety instructions sound exactly the same every single time. It's pull the belt just like this, and your life jacket's under the seat, and you can inflate it with a little whistle, and make sure you know where your exits are. Now, I'm being silly because I know that they can actually be life-changing instructions, can't they? Uh, Instead of listening to the rules, I'm just staring out the window at the tarmac, but if the plane goes down, uh, I really need to know how to get out. I need to know where my life jacket is. They don't seem important to me, but those rules can change my life. Well, today, uh, you're going to see a set of rules more important than any other. More important. Because your entire destiny hangs on following these rules. Today, we're up to uh, part five of the Bible Storyline Project. Uh, Please open up to Deuteronomy chapter 28. We'll have a look at that in a little bit. Uh, But as you do that, let's recap where we've been. So, in part one we saw a perfect creation. But in part two, we saw creation turned upside down by the sin of Adam and Eve. Then in part three, we saw the start of of what God's going to do to fix everything. He made three promises, three promises to Abraham. Do you remember what they were? There was a big family for Abraham, blessings, and a land of his own, a land, the promised land, Canaan. And then last week, in part four, we saw God's awesome work in saving Israel out of Egypt and leading them off towards that promised land. And here we are at part five of the Bible storyline. We're looking at the agreement. And at long last, Israel is on the border of the promised land. At long last. Just imagine it. Just imagine it. You're there on the border you're exhausted you're exhausted from a long day's journey but not just one day it's been your whole life your whole life has been one hike after the other you've you've pitched a tent here in the desert but then a little while later you have to pick it up and move on to the next spot and that's been your whole life and you're just you're just tired of it you're exhausted but now you've heard the border is in sight so you, you, you push through the throng ahead of you and you, you squeeze past some camels laden with bulging sacks and you're out in the front of a mob of people. And as you, as you work through the crowd, you've, you've heard the news flicking around. Oh, I can see it. We've, we've made it. It's here. And then as you get to the, the crest of a hill, you see it. A beautiful river valley stretches out before you. 
gentle slope runs down to, to a swift, clear river, the Jordan River. You just want to run down there and jump in fully clothed. You're that excited. The view is great. stretches on into the haze. Fertile land. You can almost smell the milk and the honey. But hang on a second. The people are shushing around you, saying, be quiet. Because a haggard old man, he's, he's getting out the front of the people. He's standing up on a rock. Ah, it's Moses. And his voice booms out. People of Israel, listen up. God has something to say to you. Before you rush off, you need to hear something from God. So, everyone listens to Moses. He goes on. God says this. There's going to be a deal between you and me, Israel, an agreement. Here's the deal. I'll be your God and I'll bless you if you obey my laws. Okay, everyone around you nods, it's, you know, sounds good. So Moses goes on with his speech and he, he spells out all of God's law in detail. He explains these ten commands that were written on stone tablets. But then he keeps going. He, he explains law after law after law. The day wears on. You find yourself sitting with some friends among some bags. The crowd's still there. Moses is still going. You've lost count of which law he's up to. One of your friends later says he counted about 613. And by the end of it, you reckon Moses must be ready for a breather, to take a break. So he said, here's the promised land. You can go in, but you must keep the law. You must obey the rules. You've got to do it God's way. But he's not finished yet. He gathers himself to say something more. Everyone's toes are lined up on the border of the promised land. They're ready to go. They're just... But first, Moses needs to explain the consequences of how you treat the law. The consequences. So first, what happens if you obey the law? And this is what Deuteronomy chapter 28 says. If you obey God, well... Life will just be brilliant. You'll have a brilliant life. If you obey God, Israel will end up being the best place on earth. Look at Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. Verse 1 there. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. And you'll have a good land. You'll have a good land with bountiful farms and you'll have plenty of children. Look at verses 3 and 4 there. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. You won't be able to go anywhere outside of God's blessing. Everything will be blessed. And Moses goes on to list all, all the blessings in store. Israel would defeat enemies. You'd always be on top. They'd be rich. 
And as you listen, you're getting tingles down your spine. Life would be so brilliant for Israel. The buzz in the crowd is growing at this point. Life has been hard, but life is going to be good from now on. And you're right to be excited. You're on the edge of something so good. So good. God says in verse 13, have a look there, verse 13. He says, you'll be at the tippy top of the nations if you obey me. Verse 13, the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. If you obey, and only if you obey. Because what Moses goes on to say is disturbing. Moses says, listen up, Israel. If you don't obey, your life will be cursed. Don't get complacent in the land. You have to obey or life will become hell for you. So there's a, there's a different buzz in the crowd now. It's not excitement anymore. But you have to realise if you don't obey, things are going to get bad. Moses flips from blessings to curses. Have a look at verse 15 there. Verse 15. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And so suddenly all the blessings kind of turn to dust in your hand. Your land and even your very children will be cursed. Look at verse 18. The fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crops of your land and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Well, everyone's a little stunned at this point. Moses is getting really fierce, but it seems he's only just picking up steam. He continues on and on and on, listing out curse after curse. And the blessings sounded so good to everyone, but these curses are unstoppable. There's so many of them. God warns that, that you'll be cursed in war, in marriage, in families, in farming, in health. You'll be diseased, starving, weak, poor, lonely, depressed, enslaved, destroyed. Look at how verse 47 and 48 sum it up. Verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. He'll put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. And you realise as you're standing there and as Moses says these words that God really isn't mucking around. You have to obey. Friends, God wasn't mucking around when he said those words to Israel. Israel have to obey him in the promised land. 
They're standing there on the border. The promised land is there for the taking. It's a land full of blessing and it's theirs at last. But they've got to realise that they can't be complacent. There are consequences. They've got to live God's way in the land. And that's the end of part five of the Bible storyline. Before Israel go into the promised land, they need to understand the agreement. If they obey God's law, they'll be blessed. If they don't obey, they'll be cursed. Israel has just heard the most important set of instructions they'll ever hear. Their destiny hangs on following those rules. That's part five. So how do you think they'll go? How do you think Israel will go in obeying God's law? Well, it doesn't take a genius, does it, to uh, suspect that they're doomed. They don't have a chance. I mean, they have to obey something like 613 laws fully and completely with all their hearts every day, all the time. And back in part one of the Bible storyline, we saw Adam and he just had one rule to obey. And look how that turned out. They don't really stand a chance, do they? How would you go? How many of the 613 laws that God gave to Israel, how many of them could you keep, do you think? That's a a big ask. Let's let's start with a more reasonable goal. Uh, The Ten Commandments. How many of the Ten Commandments do you think you could keep? Could you keep them all for a week? Or maybe, maybe just a day? Could you even list what they were? Well, some of you probably can list what the Ten Commandments are. That's good. Now, just, you just have to keep those ten, and plus the other 603, every second of every day for the rest of your life and you'll be fine. Easy. Oh, but remember that if you just break one of them just once, then you're under God's curse. Friends, we know that we would do no better than the Israelites, don't we? We know that. We fail to keep God's law. Friends, we must uh, understand today that if we try and fail to keep God's law, we are under a curse. This part of the Bible storyline tells us that everyone, everyone has been cursed by God because everyone breaks the law. We don't obey him. We're people of sin. God says, you've got to do it my way or face the curse of eternal death. And this curse, it's like like a a heavy weight. It it stays with us all our life. We carry it around with us and it, it weighs us down. It burdens us. And in the end, it drags us to an eternal death. Our entire destiny is at stake in all of this. 
our entire destiny. Friends, what will we do about this? What can we do? Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news. This is the point at which we say, the story isn't over. This isn't the end. This isn't the end of the Bible's storyline. We need to see the difference Jesus makes. So we travel forward in time, from that dusty hillside overlooking Canaan, to another hillside where Jesus died. See, Jesus was the climax to the Bible's storyline. And his death took the curse away from us. You see, the Bible says that Jesus was cursed when he was crucified on that hillside. The curse we deserve. The curse for not keeping God's law. The whole thing, well, it was dumped on Jesus when he died on the cross. The curse was taken from us and put on him. And if we, if we trust in Jesus, then we are free. We are free from that curse. Let's look at what the Bible says about this. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3. It will be uh, up on the PowerPoint there. This is Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. All the curses that Moses preached to Israel, they all found their answer when, when Jesus died. And, and the curse of God's law that's on us, it finds its answer in Jesus. He's the answer to our curse problem. And now our destiny hangs on how we respond to him. Friend, you can trust him today. You can trust him right now and be free from God's curse of eternal death. You can do that today. But friends, do you know, do you know what my problem is? My problem is, I don't, often I don't get how serious all of this is. I don't get it. Sometimes I just go through life ignoring the fact that anyone who, who doesn't trust Jesus is cursed, is, is going to hell. God isn't mucking around when he says that we're cursed. Jesus didn't die on a cross so I could take him or leave him. But I forget. Even as a Christian, I forget. What? I don't feel the terror of God's curse, of hell, all the time. I mean, why doesn't that make me jump out of my skin? If I know the burden of living under God's curse, and if I know that Jesus has, has changed my destiny, then surely the news of Jesus must shake me up. Now, friends, do you ever have that same problem? Or do you get how important this is? how life-changing it is. Do you see the difference Jesus makes? You might not be a Christian yet, and, and that this problem of not understanding it, not getting it, this might be stopping you from becoming a Christian. Because 
You don't really see any problem with, with the curse. And so you don't need Jesus. Friends, we have to keep understanding and feeling how serious God's curse is. See, Jesus hasn't saved me from having bad luck or from having a rotten day. He's saved me from eternal death and he's given me eternal life. It's serious news. It's serious news. But it's also the best news ever. And Jesus can save you too. You can trust Jesus today, right now, and be freed from God's curse. Now, do you want to do that? Do you want to be free from the burden of the curse? Do you want in on those blessings, the blessings of God? See, you might be like one of those Israelites standing at the edge of something good, looking in. You're still under God's curse, but now you're looking in on blessing with Jesus. And there's no curse there. If you want to enter that blessing of trusting Jesus, of being a Christian, you just have to ask. Ask Jesus to forgive you and take you as one of his people. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Now, we're going to pray. I'll thank God for Jesus and ask his forgiveness. Then I'll ask him to help us trust Jesus, to take away our curse. We can all pray this together, but particularly, if you'd like to put your trust in Jesus for the first time this morning, please join in on this prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that Jesus is the answer to the curse that lies on all of us. Please forgive us for the ways we break your law. We are sorry. We ask you now to take us as your own. We want to put our trust in Jesus. Please help us to trust him from now on. In his name, amen.